Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here. And it is Sunday, so we are doing breaches of the week as always. And so this week in data breaches was absolutely nuts. We've got a lot for you here. But before I dive in, I want to basically say thank you to those that sent me a lot of this information. That would be Barrett Peterson, Jay Dance, and George Harrison. I'm not saying it's George Harrison of the Beatles, but maybe the Beatles follow and listen to me, and that would be kind of cool. So George, if you're not a Beatle, I apologize, but thank you very much. Moving on. Let's talk about the NBA, or National Basketball Association. We are coming out strong this week. So the NBA is notifying, uh, basically, fans of a data breach after some of their personal information that was held by a third-party newsletter service was stolen. Now, if you didn't know, the NBA is a global sports and media organization that manages five professional sports leagues, not just the NBA that you know. Obviously, they do the NBA, the WNBA, the Basketball Africa League, the NBA G League, whatever that is, and NBA 2K League, also whatever that is as well. I don't follow basketball. Now, in a notice of cybersecurity incident, uh, these emails were sent basically to an unknown number of NBA fans. The NBA says that its systems were not breached and the affected fans' credentials were not impacted by this incident. However, some of the fans' personal information was stolen. Quote, we recently became aware that an unauthorized third party gained access to and obtained a copy of your name and email address, which was held by a third party service provider that helps us communicate via email with fans who have shared this information with the NBA. There is no indication that our systems, your username, password, or any other information you have shared with us has been impacted. So heads up to you, uh, NBA fans. If you're getting the newsletter, you were affected. Just name though and email address. Moving on, let's head on down to Australia and talk about IPH Limited. They're an intellectual property service provider, and this past Thursday reported a data breach in a portion of its IT systems. They have now officially become the latest Australian company to be targeted by attackers, uh, basically sending its shares uh, down 12%. Now, IPH said on Monday that it detected unauthorized access to uh, their document management system, which included administrative documents and some client documents and correspondence at its head office and two member firms, uh, Sprucen and Ferguson in Australia, and Griffith Hack. So there you go. If you use IPH Limited in Australia for all your intellectual property needs, heads up to you. Moving on, let's head on back to the United States and talk about Florida-based health services company Independent Living Systems, or ILS. They started sending out notifications to more than 4 million individuals to inform them of a data breach of their personal, personal and medical information. Now, this breach, according to the company, was discovered on July 5th of last year when some of its systems became inaccessible. Its investigation into the incident revealed that an unauthorized party gained access between June 30th and July 5th of last year. On January 7th of 17th of this year, ILS learned that personally identifiable information and protected health information became compromised. Now, essentially what we're talking about here are names, address, birth dates, driver's license, details, IDs, social security numbers, financial account information, medical record numbers, diagnosis info, uh, health insurance information, mental or physical treatment, and other health information as well. And as I mentioned, uh, over 4 million were served with notices, 4.2 million uh, apparently are patients. Moving on. 
Let's talk about Australia's biggest skin cancer study. They got hit by an unpublicized data breach uh, with the personal details of more than 1,000 Aussies feared to have been accessed by attackers. Now, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, or ABC, not to be confused with the U.S.'s ABC, can reveal that cyber criminals last year broke into the servers holding highly sensitive data collected by QIMR Berghofer. This is the Medical Research Institute based in Brisbane that we are talking about. Now, the Medical Research Institute said... That what we are talking about here are names, addresses, and Medicare numbers that may have been compromised as part of that breach. So heads up to you uh, if you were part of a, the largest uh, cancer study in Australia. Moving on, let's talk about the Fortra Go Anywhere. As you know, they've been in the news and, and in my breaches for like the last month or two, as many companies have to declare because they're used by large institutions. And this one is uh, for this week is Hitachi Energy. That's right, Hitachi Energy uh, was compromised as a result of using Fortra Go Anywhere. So there you go. If you have anything to do with Hitachi Energy, heads up to you. Moving on. Let's talk about the University of San, uh, University of California, San Diego Health, UC San Diego. Now, they experienced a data breach involving its scheduling for their urgent care and express care clinics, according to officials. Now, the organization's vendor, Solve Health, used analytic tools without the school's authorization, and that was basically according to the news release. And so uh, those who basically use the scheduling website to book appointments for in-person or video visits between September of 13 through December of 22nd of last year may have had their first and last name, date of birth, email address, IP address, third-party cookies, reason for visit, insurance type, so example like PPO, HMO, etc., captured by these analytic tools and then transmitted to third-party service providers according to the health system. What this is looking like is that massive issue where um, Google, aka Meta, uh, or Google and Meta, aka Facebook, I meant to say, uh, was integrating their tracking pixels into these health systems. And so when you were scheduling up, it was capturing and sending back your personal information to Facebook and Google and others, which is awesome. Now, the affected locations, according to UC San Diego Health, are they're one in La Jolla, downtown San Diego, Encinitas, East Lake Chula Vista, um, as well as Pacific Heights Ranch and Rancho Bernardo. So, heads up to you if you use UC San Diego Health at any of those locations. If you scheduled online, you may be in trouble. Moving on, I want to give you a quick update on DC Health Link. If you recall, this is essentially the portal that all members of US Congress, their staff, and families use for their health insurance. So, this is very sensitive information. And now we've got an update because sensitive information has now been posted online from last week's significant data breach of the health insurance marketplace for Washington, D.C. In an email to Senate offices, staffers learned from the Intelligence Committee that, quote, learned that breached information is already up on one of the big hacker breach sites, end quote. <clears throat> now, the information is, quote, easily accessible to folks who know how to look for it, and it includes names, addresses, social security numbers, dates of birth, desk phone number, what plan you signed up for, and how much your monthly contribution is, end quote. As one of those people that know how to look for it, I found it, and sure enough, it's out there. So that is not good. Heads up to you, DC HealthLink uh, individuals. And I do know that I've got some members of Congress and their staff that watch and listen to these things. So heads up to you. If you need anything, just give me a holler. Moving on. 
Let's head back down under and talk about Latitude Financial Services. They disclosed a data breach after suffering a cyber attack, causing them to shut down their internal and customer-facing infrastructure. Now, according uh, to them, their cyber incident notification, their internal systems were breached, allowing a threat actor to steal an employee's login. Those credentials were used to log into two of their service providers and steal customer data. Quote, as of today, Latitude understands that approximately 103,000 identification documents, uh, more than 97% of which are copied of driver's license were stolen from the first service providers. Approximately 225,000 customer records were also stolen from the second service provider, end quote. So heads up to you if you use Latitude Financial Services for all your financial services needs down under. Moving on, let's talk about Zoll Medical. They're a biomedical uh, equipment manufacturer. The names, addresses, birth dates, and social security numbers of more than 1 million users of the Zoll Medical's wearable cardioverter defibrillator may have exposed been exposed in a recent cyber attack. Now, an email, interestingly enough, that was sent to another organization, Fierce MedTech, this past Wednesday, the company confirmed that a quote-unquote cybersecurity incident affected current and former users of the LifeVest device. However, uh, it basically specified that the incident, quote, does not affect the safety or operation of the LifeFest device or any other Zoll medical device or related software. In other words, you got hit with your personal identifiable information, but nobody's hacking into your defibrillator and shocking you to death. And I've reported on those before. Moving on, let's talk about Happy State Bank, which obviously is not having a happy week because on March 16th, Happy State Bank or HSB filed a notice of data breach with Maine's Attorney General after learning that confidential consumer information was compromised. Now, based on the official filing, the incident resulted in unauthorized parties gaining access to consumers' names and social security numbers. And after confirming that this was leaked, they started sending out notification letters. So heads up to you if you use Happy State Bank for all your banking needs. Moving on, let's talk about All Care Plus Pharmacy because on March 16th, they also filed a notice of data breach, this time with Texas Attorney General, um, after learning that confidential patient information had been exposed. And we are talking about names, addresses, social security, driver's license, financial account information, credit and debit card numbers, insurance information, and protected health information. They also sent letters out. So heads up all care plus pharmacy uh, patients. Moving on. I'm going to give you an update on the Orlando Family Physicians. Uh, this is basically an update uh, from their 2021 data breach because they just agreed to a class action settlement to resolve those claims. Uh, basically, the settlement benefits consumers who received a data breach notification from Orlando Family Physicians, informing them that their personal information or protected health information may have been breached on or around April 15th of 2021. Now, under the terms, class members who experience out-of-pocket expenses can receive up to $225 for documented expenses. These payments will cover bank fees, communication costs, credit-related expenses, and up to three hours of lost time at a rate of $25 per hour. Class members whose Social Security were compromised can receive up to $7,500 in uh, extra extraordinary expense reimbursement for unreimbursed fraudulent charges resulting from that data breach or traceable to that data breach. They also get eight hours of lost time at $25 an hour. If you are basically a uh, patient of Orlando Family Physicians, you have until July 1st of this year. So go get paid. There you go. Moving on. Let's talk about Voya Financial Advisors. On March 14th, they filed a notice of data breach with the Massachusetts uh, Consumer Affairs and Business Regulation Office after learning that their consumer information had been accessible to unauthorized party or parties. We're talking names, addresses, social security numbers. After confirming this, they sent data breach notices out as well. Moving on.
Let's talk about North Star Emergency Medical Services. On March 14th, they also filed notice, this time with Maine, after learning an unauthorized party gained access to their confidential uh, data. And so what we're talking about, again, is names, social security numbers, dates of birth, patient ID numbers, treatment information, Medicare, Medicaid numbers, and health insurance information. They sent letters out as well. So heads up, North Star Emergency Medical Services patients. Moving on, let's head on over to Hawaii and talk about the Hawaii Department of Health, or DOH. They started sending out notifications to roughly 3,400 basically family members because we are talking about 3,400 death records. That's right. In January, the DOH says that it was informed uh, that an external medical certifier account on the DOH Electronic Death Registry System, or EDRS, was compromised and that the associated login credentials were being traded on hacker forums in the dark web. Now, using compromised credentials, the threat actors accessed uh, EDRS in January of this year and accessed roughly 3,400 death records with dates of death ranging from 1998 to 2023. Now, most of the deaths occurred in 2014 or earlier, and most of them had been certified uh, before the intrusion. So, for those that had not been certified, the DOH investigation found no evidence of tampering thus far. What we're talking about on these records include name, address, birth dates, uh, sex, dates, and places of death, cause of death, and social security numbers. No better way to run a scam if you're trying to hide than basically become a dead person. And interestingly enough, you can also do credit card scams on the recently dead uh, if you get their death certificates fast enough. That literally happened to a friend of mine years ago when his grandfather died. And the next thing you know, they were getting calls months later from like Visa or MasterCard saying like Grandpa maxed out the credit cards. And they're like, how can he do that? He's dead. And there you go. So obviously, huge issue. So heads up to you if you have a loved one that passed away uh, in the last 20 years or so in Hawaii. Moving on. Let's talk about Merced College, excuse me, because on March 9th, uh, they filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of California after realizing or being aware that a malware attack uh, resulted in confidential student information being exposed to unauthorized parties. We're talking about um, basically personally identifiable information, such as names and addresses and all of that. I do not have a full list for you, but Merced College has begun notifying, so heads up to you if you have anything to do with Merced College. Moving on, let's talk about the housing authority and the city of Los Angeles. And I swear, between the education uh, system and the housing authority, LA is just not having a good year when it comes to data breaches because the housing authority was just warned of a data security event after the LockBit ransomware gang targeted their organization and started leaking data on their leak site. Now, according to the breach notice on December 31st of last year, um, the housing authority discovered that their computer systems had been encrypted. And here we are, launching investigation. The investigation of the incident was completed on February 13th, and apparently the attackers had unauthorized uh, access to the systems between January of 2022 through December. So basically an entire year almost of being inside those systems. That's how persistence works. Not a cool thing. And if you have anything to do with housing, uh, the Housing Authority of Los Angeles, Understand that your breach could involve your full name, social security number, date of birth, passport, driver's license, state ID, tax ID, military ID, government issued ID, credit debit, credit or debit card numbers, financial account information, health insurance information, medical information, and the housing authority in the city of LA has begun notifying, but heads up to you. Moving on, I want to talk about bone and joint because on March 7th, they started notifying patients and employees of basically a network outage 
resulting essentially from a cyber attack that had sensitive information being compromised. And so we're talking about consumer names, dates of birth, social security numbers, home addresses, phone numbers, health insurance information, and diagnosis and treatment information. They began sending out notifications as well, but heads up to you if you're a patient of bone and joint or an employee. Moving on, let's talk about the FBI because they weren't breached this week, but they caught a prolific criminal hacker. This is a good thing, and here's what's going on. This past week, as I mentioned, the FBI in the U.S. arrested a New York man they believe was the administrator of Breach Forums. That's a, prop, a popular cybercrime forum where some of the world's largest hacked databases regularly show up for sale. Now, according to the FBI's special agent, John Longmire, uh, the administrator of the hacker forum, Connor Brian Fitzpatrick, also known as Pom Pom Burin, um, has been arrested for being the mastermind behind Breach Forums. After the FBI shut down Raid Forums in 2022, Pom Pom Porum was a senior member who was a senior member of Raid Forums, basically founded Breach Forums to fill that void. Soon, the new criminal hacker forum quickly became the go-to place for buying and selling data. I've been there in terms of research and all of that. It is pretty prolific. And the cybercrime forum hosted and facilitated the sale of a number of high-value data breaches, many of which originated out of India. So that'll be a very interesting thing to see. Well, I'm curious to see if the Indian government will want to extradite him, uh, especially if India was hit the hardest. So we're going to see what happens there. But that is good news in the world of data breaches. And I always love telling you about that because it's not that often and it's not every week. Moving on, I'm going to give you a quick update on LastPass. So here we go. We're starting to see some big disclosures as a result of this entire LastPass mess. And we're going to head on down to Arizona to talk about this one first. Multiple state agencies, including the Arizona Department of Homeland Security and the state's Medicaid provider, may have had their passwords and login credentials exposed in that data breach that LastPass had, or I should say the multiple disclosures of LastPass's data breach that was evolving over months. They were never transparent. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Now, the Arizona Department of Administration confirmed to the Arizona Mirror, that's the publication, that the Department of Homeland Security, the Arizona Healthcare Cost Containment System, and the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions had paid subscriptions to LastPass. The Arizona Attorney General's Office refused to comment if an investigation has been launched. Now, in Arizona, for the record, per state law, if a data breach impacts more than 1,000 residents of the state, the company or organization is then required to to notify those affected. The Attorney General, uh, the Department of Homeland Security, and the three largest consumer reporting agencies definitely employ more than 1,000 uh, residents of the state of Arizona. There are penalties for organizations that fail to notify. So, We'll see if the government practices what they preach to private organizations, because obviously that's a huge thing. And I think we're going to see more coming out on top of LastPass, because quite frankly, LastPass was one of the largest password platforms uh, in the world. So having them just be breached as deeply as they did is not good. And I think I'm going to be disclosing here on Breaches of the Week for quite some time from LastPass customers that are required uh, to disclose. So we'll see where that goes. You know I'll keep you updated. Moving on. Let's talk about People Grove. Now, this is a company uh, formerly known as Campus Kudos, which provides and hosts a social media platform for higher education institutions and alumni networks. And they left one of their servers hosting an internal database exposed to the internet without a password, allowing anybody to access this just using a web browser and knowing the IP address to go to. Now, the database contained gigabytes of personal information, including email addresses, phone numbers, addresses, details of university achievements and scores, resumes containing detailed work histories, employment details, all of that. The records also contained links to the user profile photo. None of the data 
was encrypted. Good job, People Grove. So there you go. If you're a member of People Grove for all your alumni social networking needs, heads up to you. And finally, and we have a couple finalies for you. The first one we're going to be talking about is Meta, aka Facebook, because they're in the hot seat again for breaching all of us continuously, and this ain't good. Now, here's what's going on, and this is coming out of Europe. Thank you, GDPR. Australia's Data Protection Authority has found that the use of meta tracking technology violated EU data protection law as personal data was transferred to the United States where the information was at risk from U.S. government surveillance. Quote, many websites use Facebook tracking technology to track users and show personalized advertisement. When websites include this technology, they also forward all user data to the U.S. multinational and onwards to the NSA or U.S. National Security Agency. While the European Commission is still aiming to publish the third EU U.S. data transfer deal, the fact that U.S. law still allows bulk surveillance means that this matter will not be resolved anytime soon. And that is 100% correct. And I think what this underscores is a couple of different things. One, we are being prolifically tracked by Facebook. And it's been proven time and time again. I don't care if you're in the United States, Canada, Europe, you know, wherever you are and you've got Facebook, you are being tracked. But it also really underscores the fact that Europe actually has better data privacy laws by far than the United States as a whole. Now, we've seen some uh, some states, I should say, uh, spin up their own privacy. New York has Shield. The CCPA is probably the most stringent in California and all of that. But basically, the Facebooks of the world have an army of lobbyists making sure that anything that could potentially be passed at the federal level is so watered down that it really doesn't protect us in the way they need. Because again, they collect our data to sell to third-party advertisers who in turn then advertise more efficiently to us. That's how they make their money. So there you go. Huge issue. Uh, we're going to see where this goes. But uh, as always, I think one, Mark Zuckerberg should be in jail and two, Facebook should be shut down. And if you are following me on Facebook, listening or watching this on Facebook, feel free to switch to another platform. Not that uh, you know, any of them are that much better, but Facebook is one of the most egregious uh, data privacy violators in the history of the internet. Uh, moving on, we have another finally. We talked about the NBA right out of the gate. Now we're going to be talking about the NCAA's March Madness. Obviously, emotions run high during March Madness. It's one of the largest, uh, you know, tournaments that is heavily watched here in the United States. I'm guessing maybe around the world. And so by virtue of that, uh, basically criminal hackers are quick to take advantage of the predictability of fans falling prey to malicious content that leads to data breaches. And as always, we see scams through March Madness. Now with money on the line for many employees that participate in office pools, brackets, all of that. Attackers surf fake sporting-themed websites, free streaming of games, private VPNs, contests, browser extensions that keep, uh, claim to keep track of scores and stats, all that kind of stuff. And the sophistication of these threats is becoming more difficult to detect, especially for the average end user that really doesn't have cybersecurity training. March Madness-themed phishing sites are popping up to steal credentials for future corporate-based attacks or commit credit card fraud and on and on and on. And so there are many common uh, March Madness social engineering techniques for phishing attacks, but I wanted to go through the top four uh, that essentially we see in the cybersecurity community. So heads up to you. If you're a basketball fan, this is what you should be looking out for. The first one is fake bracket, scram uh, 
fake bracket scams. Like cyber criminals create fake March Madness brackets or contests to trick you into giving away personal information or downloading infections. The next one is ticket scams. Sometimes they'll create fake tickets or fake ticket offers in order to essentially get you uh, to pay in advance and then not deliver the tickets, meaning you think you paid a thousand bucks for like those, you know, courtside seats to, you know, the Duke game or something and you didn't. You just gave away a thousand bucks. The other one is charity scams. Scammers will set up a fake charity organization related to March Madness in some way, asking for donations, you know, so, you know, I don't know, save the basketballs or whatever it is, or youth basketball programs, you know, in underprivileged cities and stuff like that. A lot of those things are fake. Make sure you're checking on those. And the last one is betting scams. Cyber criminals will create fake betting sites for March Madness, tricking people into depositing money and then not allowing them to withdraw their winnings if they win. That's another very common one as well. So make sure that wherever you are going for all of your March Madness needs, if you you follow March Madness, then this is uh, something that that I think you really should be aware of because this is a huge thing. Make sure it's legitimate. Um, you know, you can go check out the sites on things like Virus Total. Just copy and paste. See if it comes up as a scam. Uh, you know, there are other ones out there like Sakori Site Checker and on and on. But make sure that who you're interacting with is legit. And if you're doing an office pool, make sure you know everybody in the office that you're playing with in some way, shape, or form to make sure that it's totally legitimate and not some fake company pool. We've seen those as well. So there you go. Heads up March Madness users. And finally, finally, I want to talk about some stats of data breaches here in the United States between 2020 and 2022 because digital fraud is on the rise at rather steep rates. Now, according to the 2023 State of the Omnichannel Fraud Report from consumer credit reporting agency TransUnion, 4.6% of all customers' digital transactions globally were suspected to be fraud globally. Okay, now that's in line so far um, with rates found in 2019. However, because the number of transactions conducted digitally has substantially risen in the last few years, the total volume of suspected digital fraud attempts has actually increased dramatically. Now, globally, TransUnion indicates digital fraud attempts have increased by 80% from 2019 to 2022, while rising 122% for digital transactions originating out of the United States during that two-year period. Now, the game and retail industries saw the highest rate of suspected digital fraud. I literally just talked about March Madness at 7.5 and 7.2% respectively. The number of overall data breaches in the United States increased by 83% from 2020 to 2022. In addition to overall increase in volume, the severity of data breaches also rose, reflected in an increase of 6% in Santique's breach risk score over that time period as well. In addition, the TransUnion Commission Consumer Survey across 18 countries and regions showed that 52% of respondents indicated that they were targeted by fraud via email, online, a phone call, or text messaging in the three months beginning in September of 2022. Close to 6 in 10, or 588% of U.S. respondents said that they had been targeted by fraud attempts via those communication channels over the same period of time. I see those all the time, like, oh, blah, 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 you have a ticket, you know, a text message, you have a ticket in this city, please click here to pay it or remediate and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, this is, this is absolutely crazy. Um, you know, and, uh, and we're going to see, we're going to see where this goes, but, but this is absolutely nuts. We've got to make sure that we are, we are just honestly getting good cyber hygiene and learning about these scams. It's the most important thing we can do. So those were your breaches of the week. Were you affected? Let me know. 
And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.